Hey guys, I'm Liza. I'm Kurt. And this is the Parent Skills Podcast. And we are um, back again for another rendition of our on-track parenting. So if you guys have not been tuning in, or maybe this is your first time, just to kind of bring you up to speed, um, what is it now, two weeks ago? I cannot do math in my head right now. Yeah. Two well, weeks the, ago, yeah, we did is, an intro. So this is week three, three. of the series. Yes. Yeah. So and, it's kind of week three of six. Yeah. And, and we, the first week was an intro yep. to just all the kind of stages of parenting. And we like to hear, kind of have that idea of like, Kurt coined it so well that there's this cute little drawing of railroad tracks of just how we keep our parenting on track and right. how we kind of move our kids through the stages and just the primary roles and goals. So that one two weeks ago was very much an overview intro. And then each week thereafter for the next now four weeks, we already had one last week, we had Rachel Cho join us and talk about, you know, having kids in that first stage of babies to kinder. And now we get to talk about grades one to five, right. which is that elementary school age, which I know is especially near and dear to Jeremy's and my heart as we have three kiddos in that phase. Right, so, right. Yes, yeah, we're you guys, excited. You guys are neck deep in it. We and are. so, and we're moving it. Remember parents, our goal is to help you raise your kids to be interdependent, lifelong followers of Jesus who want to make a kingdom contribution. That's yes. that's the goal as we've defined it, yes. right? It's not, it's not the only way to define the goal of parenting. Totally. But at Saddleback, we wanted to at least have a target that we were kind of aiming for. Like when we, when we do stuff for parents, when we encourage yes. parents, when we help parents figure this thing out, let's stack hands on kind of what our goal is in that. Yes. Um, and so this is our way of, of helping parents. And so we're kind of, if you're not a Saddleback person, which most of our listeners aren't, um, this is just a little insider into kind of how we think about helping parents win in our context. Yes. And our goal is to just give you some practical tips along the way, which is why we're so excited to have with us Elaine Roberts this week, who has worked at Saddleback Church. We'll, we'll let her explain that in a few minutes. But she is our our at one of our campuses. Resident She's our resident expert at the church on the elementary age of of children and the parenting that goes along with that. And we're super excited to listen and learn and laugh with our good friend Elaine in just a minute. All right. So we have Elaine Roberts here. How are you? I'm awesome. Good. Well, Elaine is a dear friend and fellow minister to children for now. What now? How many years have you been ministering? 20... 21 years on staff. Say 21 on staff. 33 wow. years at the church. Wow. Yeah. Selena is nothing short of a legend. Yes. Kurt talked about it months ago. She's kind of a goat. She yep. She's virgin on a she goat level. She is goat. <laughs> she's Mount Rushmore, whatever you want to call wow, it. Wow. So she's, many analogies. She is. She's. <laughs> yes. Well, and Elaine, she is fun. old. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well, with all, say you're a relic or something. But in all fairness, like you have to be a little bit older. To get on Mount Rushmore, yes, or to be considered the goat, like those, those well, aren't things you can't just hand for twenty-one out. years and yeah. started at age one. You know what? Ra so. Rachel Cho last week, mm -hmm. wonderful, mm -hmm. sharp, super young. Yeah. She's not. She's not the goat. She's not on Mount Rushmore. She can't be. But she's climbing that mountain. She's climbing. She can get there. But one of the benefits, Elaine, of being a little bit older, like you and I are is you might you might get called the goat. So there you go. <laughs> yes. And fun story that Elaine was one of, when I first started to volunteer, she was one of my first coordinators when I was a high school student. Wow. So, so fun. 
Elaine. Wow. But yes, Elaine is a wealth of info because, gosh, over 21 years, I would say you've ministered to thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of families at this stage. Um, But she's ministered to so many families, especially in that elementary school age. So they are well now into adulthood. She's raised her own three girls. She's got grandkids. Like, so she is a wealth from personal experience, from ministry experience. So we are excited to have you, Elaine, to say the least. And Elaine is so well prepared. If you could see, she has come in with stickies and just visuals if only we were doing I'm a video super intimidated right now yes we because, are very casual compared to her very yes. prepared format but what that says to us or to me mm-hmm. is let's just set the table free lane yeah she's gonna take it and let her take it yeah. and and we'll just kind of sit back and, and go along. and we'll chime in once in a while obviously but of course so why don't you just kind of set the set the table yes. a little bit and then elaine we're going to toss to you and let yeah. you go after it for a few minutes Yes. So at the elementary age, the primary role that we talk about is kind of that cop corrector. And then there's some goals we'll talk about. So I'll, like Kurt said, we'll just kind of let you take it away as far as like, what wisdom would you want to share with the parent as they are entering that cop corrector? Like, how do they know what that would look like? And what words of wisdom would you share? Because those aren't the most fun descriptors. Right. To go from I mean, a caregiver to, to a cop corrector sounds very well. And, as, and the uh, next week we're going to talk about being a cheerleader, right? And so now we're kind of stuck in this, <laughs> like uh, my role is to be a cop and a corrector. Well, that's not the only role. Yes. And that's but it's it's fair it's fair language for mm-hmm. what's kind of important in this age, especially for their developmental stage mm-hmm. and some of the goals that we have as parents. So, yeah. um, I, I I jumped right on when I didn't need to, but no, it's great. What were we asking, Elaine? Just what are some tips to, to help to, a some wisdom, so that it doesn't seem like this daunting. Yes. Oh wow, I get to be the corrector. This is the most right. terrible phase of parenting. Right. When I hear the word corrector, I hear the word trainer, mm-hmm. and I think that you know a coach and a trainer. And when I hear the word cop, I and corrector, I think the words I think of is model and motivator. Mm-hmm. These are years when you want to model. This is what this looks like. Right. Um, you don't give a kid keys to the car and expect them just to know how to drive it. Okay. So these are the years where you are laying the foundation where they can build a life on biblical principles. And so you're going to model to them. I'm going to show them what does it look like? If I'm telling you to be respectful, they're watching you. Am I respectful? This is how you do it. Uh, so I'm a real big proponent on the modeling, mm. and I think then that is motivating. Mm. Yeah. A couple other words that come to mind are choices and consequences. Mm. They're at a really good age where now, you know, they are old enough to think. Yeah. Make to choices. that if yeah. I do this, then. Mm-hmm. And that's a good te- trainer. Yeah. Consequences are a good trainer. Yeah. We are called as parents to sacred trust. Mm. We are called to raise the children up, to know how to love God, how to show that we do, yep. and mm. how we love others. Yep. How do we show that? So um, I like the way you said that, Elaine, that it's a sacred trust, because I think it can sound daunting, you know, when you see these primary goals of character, choices, consequences, like, Oh, that sounds so overwhelming. But like all those words used, it's your motivator. You are, you know, modeling to them. Like that's so important because it is a sacred trust. It's not a chore. It's something that God has entrusted you in as a parent of an elementary student. 
And what's exciting too is you're not in it alone. Mm-hmm. It's really important to be connected with other parents. It's really important to be connected with other people that are maybe a little bit further along yeah. than you because they have not done it perfect. So you can learn from them um, what they've done that's worked well and what hasn't. Mm. I think it's very important to do like scenario training, meaning, hey, have conversations with your kids. If this happened, you're in this dilemma. What's the, what's the choice you would make in that dilemma? What's mm. the good choice? What's the bad choice? Mm-hmm. Talk it okay. through. How does it feel? Right. Get them thinking. And I think um, at this age, they're really, I think we underestimate how much our kids can think mm-hmm. and even how deeply they feel. Right. They're going through stuff at school, in the home, on the playground. And I think if you start doing scenario planning before it happens, it's like you want them to know these things are going to happen to you. If I had to do something different in my parenting, I would have done more of that. So almost I'm hearing like anticipatory preparation versus reactionary. Like, oh, you got picked on at the playground today. Now I'm going to respond. It's like, hey, you're going to at some point have a kiddo who's not going to be super kind. I'm it right. may be tomorrow, it may be in five months, but let's talk about what would you do if. Right. Well, and, and, you know, when I look at the words cop and corrector, those are, those feel very reactionary. And yet, you know, you look at a lot of like the police forces in the country and all this debate about what's the right kind of policing. And they talk about community policing, which is a more relational mm-hmm. approach, right? Where we don't just respond, but people know us ahead of time. We're in conversations yeah. with people ahead of time. There's being there's trust being built amongst us and them ahead of time, mm-hmm. um, so that cop, the correcting law f- in- enforcement, isn't perceived as this negative thing. It's a we're in this together with you, mm-hmm. which is what I which is kind of what I hear you saying, Elaine. Help me help us for a second because when, when I look at the primary goals of developing their character, helping them learn to make wise choices and understanding the consequences, the, the, the positive and negative consequences. How, help help a parent for a minute who is trying to wrestle through, I get you, but man, how how much how much freedom and choices and you know this 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 desire to protect our kids from we want to, a lot of parents, most parents, we want to protect our kids from harmful consequences. Mm-hmm. We want to protect them from it's sometimes making the wrong choice because the consequence, we don't want them to experience that. So how do you help a parent say maybe of like a, a third or fourth grader? Cause it would be different than a junior higher, but a parent of a third or fourth grader navigate that tension that we feel between I'm going to make choices for my kids. Cause I know what's best and what will keep them safe and smart and all that versus giving them an, enough rope to figure that stuff out on their own. Like do that dance with us for a minute. That's a good point. I think that's where as the adult, you discern where do my kids have the ability, the developmental age to make the choice. So you give them choices where it's safe Mm. for them to make choices. And then that I think they don't feel so frustrated. If you're making every choice for them all day, every day, mm. they're not learning to think. Right. But they're also could get frustrated. Right. Totally. Right. And so giving them opportunities for choices where they can and then celebrating when they do it correctly. Right. 
And, and I think that's another big thing. I think we tend to can see what someone does wrong and point that out, mm. but we don't always point out when they do it well. Right. So the see it, say it mm-hmm. is a good principle to use. That's very easy. Like catch them doing it right yep. and, and call it out and yep. reinforce it. Yep. Immediately. Right. You know, like that immediate reinforcement. And then that's going to click to them um, the importance. Well, that felt good. I did this. You know, there's. Now, making good choices aren't always going to feel good. And that's what I'm saying. We need to prepare them. Right. That's where the everyday situations and having conversations and playing things out, where they're prepared right. that I think one thing with my kids as they got older, what was confusing to them was they did the right thing and then they lost some friends. Right. And that didn't mm. feel good. Right. Yeah. And so I think preparing them, it comes down to, like you said, relationship. Yeah. When you're building that foundation where you're a safe place, you're a trusted person in your kid's life for them to talk to and open up to and come to, I would even say broaden that, allow other adults that you trust mm. to be in their mm-hmm. life to speak into it. Because yep. a lot of times they'll listen to yeah, some, someone else can say good. the exact same thing as you, as long as it makes oh, it yeah. just, you know, uh, on the almost, same page. Almost always. Um, Rachel and I, we didn't do this. We didn't do this well every time, but we tried to. <clears throat> excuse me. We we tried to have this this perspective of the the bigger the consequence or the more consequential the consequence, than the than the less freedom we gave them to make the decision. Right. So the more the the more detrimental it could be if they got it wrong, the less likely we were to make let them make that decision. The smaller the consequence the more likely we were to let them make the decision. And I think that that kind of served us well because sometimes we're making decisions for our kids and we think in hindsight, you go, okay, if that would have gone bad, like if they made the wrong decision, what would have really happened? You know, something small. And yet we still made the decision for them and we took away an opportunity for them to make a decision and learn. And, and And the consequence of getting it wrong wasn't that big of a deal. And the other thing that really helped us is, at a certain point, we we started letting the what we called like the law of natural consequences kick right. in, right? Mm-hmm. To where we didn't have to instill consequences. This is for things like if if you don't study for a math test, you're probably. I not mean, gonna. I mean, I guess we can ground you or whatever, take away some freedoms, or we can just let the law of natural consequences kick in, and. You know, yep. you're going to get a bad grade, and then you're going to be told you got to retake the test or whatever, and that's a bummer. And then you refu- and then we just had to refuse to go to the teacher and say, hey, can you give my kids some grace? You know, no, the natural consequence is he chose not to study for the test, got a bad grade. Um, so I think that's that tension of how do we and, and it's and I say tension because you'll never have to figure it out. <clears throat> There's a lot of things in parenting. You just got to embrace. There's it. no you, perfect balance. You got, you got to embrace the dance and the tension. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's hard to watch your child fail, mm. but it's the best teacher. And so as a parent. It's important to teach your um, child that failure isn't fatal and they can fail forward. Right. If you're going to be good at anything, you're going to have times when you didn't do do it well. And so that's a big parenting thing, too, is how much do we intervene? How much do we not? And let life, right. the natural stuff, right. teach them. And it will. Right. 
And, well, and that's part of that, like how one of the goals, like we moved from before when Rachel talked about seeing their parents' faith, and you mentioned that, that modeling, but also the nurturing it. Like I feel like that is part of that tension is nurturing is you can't overwater it, but you can't underwater it, but you can't give it too much sun, but you can't give it too little sun. Like, so it's always finding that kind of push and pull that right. like, oh, and like you said, growing it where, okay, now it was really just mommy and daddy maybe taking right. care of you. And now it's like, oh, right. well, we can involve more people yeah. and nurture it with more people, more opportunities to right. fail, more chances to grow your character. Yep. And and you, you you talked about it and you, you talked about it in a way that I think is super healthy. Like the the scenario planning and all that is a a conversational relationship a relationally based approach to what I think is important in this age is it is in this age where like you know you get to start to really instill in them your Christian worldview, your your family values, you know, this the old can I go to a sleepover at someone's house, someone's house and you say, no, well, everybody else is doing it. Well, yeah, but you know, at our house, we don't sleep over if the parents aren't gonna be home or whatever. Right. And you're just kind of instilling, that's a little bit of that cop part. That's not fun. Mm -hmm. Right. But at this age, the reason, the reason why at this age, there is this, this corrector cop, a little bit more of like an enforcing a positive enforcement of our values and who we are as a family and what is right and what is wrong is because in the next stage, in the next stage, it really starts to, like you really got to start giving more freedom. Is it in our adolescence? Like you really start to take your hands off the wheel and hopefully a lot of what you've mentored and modeled and talked about and scenario planned for and, and all of those things, hopefully they then carry with them into the next stage of, of their development and into our next stage of parenting, which we'll talk about in next week with Matt Hare. Um, Elaine, give us some, give us like, just take the wheel for another minute or so, just some wisdom, some freestyle, encourage parents of kids in the cop or parents who have kids um, kind of in the elementary first to fifth grade years. I think it's important to embrace the season and it's such a gift. Kids are a gift. And we work so hard at parenting, and sometimes we forget to enjoy parenting, enjoy, enjoy them. So enter their world without controlling every minute of their world. Mm. And it's hard, like what you were just talking about with making choices as a parent. You're going to have to be courageous. There's going to be you're not going to always be the best friend, the buddy. It's if you're going to live out your values that you're teaching, um, you're going to have to have courage. So I would say parenting, you need to be courage, courageous, and you need to be intentional. Mm. And that's why I guess in my mind, it's just really important. You can't just wing it and hope it all works out right. well. And I would encourage parents to not do it alone. Obviously I'm a woman of faith without Christ. You know, I, I parent with Christ. I don't make up my values. I get them mm. from God's word. So that is really good because it's not on me. Right. It's on God. Right. Right. And you're not, my kid can't, they, they tried to, uh, you can't, you can argue with me, <laughs> but God, right? right. So the biblical principles and there's so many tools out there now yep. um, that go to trusted places like 
our church or another Bible-believing church, um, look for resources. I know that for me, I used boundaries with kids. Um, I wanted my kids to learn how to make their own boundaries where I didn't have to make them for them. Right. But they have to be taught that. Right. And so I model. I have boundaries. Right. But then again, be intentional and in sharing with them, this is why I choose what I do. This is who I'm living for. And what's my motivation is whatever. The only thing that lasts is what's done for Christ. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so for even my parenting, God entrusted me with these kids that he created to raise them up, to know him, to love him, and to serve him. For me to do that, I need to know him and love him and serve him. So it's just, it's an ongoing yep. process, but it's a special age because they're like sponges. And that's why I keep saying model and motivate. I'm hope, I hope that my life motivates my children to make those biblical principle choices. Yep. Awesome. Well, man, if you're listening and you are within driving distance of a Saddleback Church campus in Southern California, you got you got people like Elaine who are loving on your kids. And if you're a parent of an elementary age kid, knowing that yeah. people like Elaine with that kind of passion and understanding are ministering to your children and to you as parents, man, we'd love to have you. Or like Elaine said, find a church that, that loves Jesus and loves God's word. And they got people at those churches that, that are experts in kids ministry too. And you know, you're not, and, and the reason we promote that so strongly, lots of reasons, but primarily because you're not supposed to go through it alone, mm -hmm. whether it's life or marriage or friendship or parenting, we're mm -hmm. not meant to go through it alone. And finding a great church is, we think one of the key components in making sure you're not navigating this crazy life on your own and of which parenting is maybe the craziest part of our, of our journey yes. for those of us who get to do it. So Elaine, yes, thank you thank so you, much Elaine. for joining us. You're the best. Yes. Everybody, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.